Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. is really uh, an introductory message to our new series called Open to the Spirit. We're really quite excited about this series and uh, it's a series that will be uh, preached from the scriptures of course but also as Simon mentioned also inspired by a book of the same title by uh, Scott McKnight. It's got a picture of, uh, of the book up there uh, available at our Seeds bookstore. For those of you who want to do some extra reading on this topic um, highly commend that book to you. And uh, just by way of introduction, really, this morning, a little bit of a different message, but I'm just going to share some thoughts around this topic of word and spirit and the importance of having a balance between word and spirit in all that we do. I think it was J.I. Packer, who, the professor of theology at Regent College in Canada, who uh, used to occasionally begin his lectures by saying something like this. He would say, about 10% of what I teach you in this lecture today is probably wrong, um, but I just don't know which 10%. Uh, there's something a little bit disconcerting about a statement like that, but also I'd say something refreshingly uh, humble about such a statement as well. What Pack is saying is that when it comes to our theology, there are certain uh, what we might call non-negotiables or uh, indisputable truths that uh, are truths of the Christian faith. Jesus is Lord. Uh, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He rose again on the third day. By grace, we are saved through faith. We are, as God's people, as, uh, as followers of Jesus, we are those who are adopted into the family of God. Uh, if you're a believer, I'd suggest that probably close to 100% of people who would call themselves followers of Jesus would hold to those uh, un- indisputable truths. But then there are other things that uh, we might say open to interpretation or can be interpreted in different ways. And so if we're wise, if we're wise, we learn to be less dogmatic about those topics in which there is a spectrum of views of understanding and interpretation. If we're wise, if we're wise, we unite around the person of Jesus but we don't allow secondary doctrine to divide us. That's really an important statement to hold on to as we begin this series. We're encouraged to search the scriptures for ourselves, uh, to seek to deepen and broaden our understanding based on what we read in the word of God. And uh, with that in mind, to hold certain things loosely with an understanding that I might be wrong about certain things. Some of you need to practice saying that out loud. Turn to the person next to you and say, I might be wrong. (laughs) It's it's refreshing, isn't it? Some of you have never said that before. (laughs) Some of you have never heard it before from your spouse. You ought to try it sometime because it's a true statement, isn't it? I might be wrong about some of these things that are actually, they're not, they're not unimportant, these things we're talking about, but I might be wrong. Now, in, my, in introducing this series, uh, let me share with you three statements that I can, I think, confidently say are views held by the ministry leaders team here at Mount Pleasant, 
but they fall into that category of secondary doctrine. So you might hold a slightly different view, in which case uh, you're wrong. I mean, it's fine. It's fine if you'd be wrong. <laughs> no, no, you're not wrong. But you might be wrong. Or we might be wrong. Uh, we don't think that we're wrong. We think we're right. That's why we hold the views that we hold. But we hold them loosely. We might be wrong. We, the, the point is that none of us has a full understanding of the nature of God. And there's always more that God wants to reveal to us. If we're wise, we will be open to even having some of our views uh, adjusted or corrected. So statement number one, and this is probably, this statement I'd say is probably close to being primary doctrine actually. I doubt many believers would disagree with this. But the first statement is that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. So we don't refer to the Holy Spirit as it. Uh, he's not a gas uh, he's, uh, he's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. And we say he, not to emphasize gender, but to emphasize personhood, with the understanding that um, male and female together form the image of God. Genesis 1:27 tells us that. So God is, God is not male, God's not female. Male and female together represent the, this idea of the image of God. You won't find the word Trinity in the Bible. It's not there. But the concept of Trinity is certainly there as the person of God is revealed in the pages of Scripture as consisting of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We read it in the Gospels, the end of Matthew there, and we find it in other parts of the New Testament. Statement number two, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. Ooh. <laughs> now... Uh, there's a whole theological view, which some of you might hold, called cessationism. Now, you might not even know what you, that you hold that view. <laughs> but a cessationist believes that the miraculous gifts, such as tongues and prophecy and healing, ceased with the apostles. And so those particular gifts no longer apply today. And if you hold that view then you're welcome here, of course. We're, of course, we're glad that you're here with us, but good for you to know that that cessationist view is not the view of the leadership here. And so we would endorse that the gifts are for today, all the gifts, that not all speak in tongues, as Paul says, not all prophesy, but some do, and those uh, gifts are a part of God's plan for us today. Statement number three, better have a drink of water because it's gone very quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> Don't mean to be controversial. Statement number three, the Holy Spirit is received by faith at conversion. So as you come to God in faith and as you are born again, you are born of the Spirit, which is what Jesus says in his conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter 3 there. You are born of the Spirit. And so at that point, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. As you are born again, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the, the indwelling Spirit. Now, some churches will teach a, a, um, what's sometimes described as a, a second blessing theology that would say that there are different stages of salvation. So you're born again, stage one, and then perhaps sometime later... 
you receive a second blessing, a kind of a stage two infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you even sitting here this morning might say, well, actually, that was, that was my experience. That's exactly what happened for me. And uh, I would say, well, that's great. But if we're going to talk about a second blessing, we should also talk about a third and a fourth and a fifth. You know, Ephesians 5, 18 says, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Or literally, it says, be being filled. So your Christian life, our Christian lives, should be a continuous, ongoing infilling of the Spirit. Uh, not just sort of a one-off experience, something that happened 25 years ago, and you know, if anything changes, I'll let you know. No, I, I prayed this morning, as I got up early this morning and just began to just think, think through uh, my message for today. I prayed, Lord, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me again, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Fill me afresh for the proclamation of your word this morning. Um, it's just such a powerful prayer and such an important prayer. And I might be wrong. Did you get that? I might be wrong. But theologically, I believe that when you received Christ as Lord, you received the Holy Spirit at that point. Uh, now over the years, I've met people who've said, ah, you're a Christian, but, but are you a spirit-filled Christian? And uh, my response has always been, well, I, I don't think that there's any other kind, actually. You are a Christian or you're not a Christian. But uh, if you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. Um, I might be wrong. I was born and raised uh, in a Baptist church. And uh, I've spent my whole life actually in the Baptist church. Uh, as a matter of interest, I wonder how many would say that's the same, that's true for them as well. Born and raised, spent all your life in a Baptist church. Yeah, not all that many, it's a few. That's interesting. Gee, a few are a bit reluctant to raise their hands. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've grown up with this strong emphasis that we are people of the word. People of the word of God. The word of God is central. And, uh, you know, in many of the old traditional Baptist churches, the pulpit was front and center. It was often actually a permanent, immovable fixture in fact, here's a picture that will bring back some memories for some of you. This was the auditorium at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Uh, that photo, I believe, was uh, 1976. Have a look at that pulpit, eh? Does anyone remember that pulpit? <laughs> Quite a few. Again, it's... Oh. <laughs> sure yeah, what a thing. So that was gone by the time I came in 96. I think it was somewhere in the building. It's got a plaque in it, so on it, at the front there, I think. So it was a brave person who moved it uh, off the platform there. <laughs> but, you know, the, the focus on the centrality of the Bible is a great strength of the Baptist tradition, uh, the solid foundation of the Word of God. Now, the danger of the Baptist tradition is that the Scriptures become central where God should be central. This is not God, this is the Bible, it's incredibly important. But when the scriptures become central, we're in danger of drifting in the direction of worshipping, uh, if you like, Father, Son and Holy Scriptures. When that happens, we either become uh, legalistic or overly pedantic, or we become a bit dry and lifeless as we focus on the words, the words on the page, instead of focusing on the eternal God of all things. 
It's a danger. Now, if you come from a more charismatic or Pentecostal background, and uh, let me say such labels are generally uh, not that helpful, uh, but the wonderful thing about your tradition is, um, is the life and the enthusiasm and the spontaneity of your faith and your worship, that kind of hungering after an authentic experience of the manifest presence of God. It's just a wonderful thing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. There are streams of living water. And so for many who come from that tradition, there's a, a refreshing vitality. There's an exuberance. And all the charismatics said? Amen. I knew you were out there somewhere. Gotcha. <laughs> the danger of that tradition is an overemphasis on my experience and the way that I feel. Do I feel God's presence? It's not wrong to feel God's presence. We should hunger after that, actually. Some of us, the Baptists. <laughs> and if I feel emotional, these are the dangers. If I feel emotional or the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end, then that must be some kind of a Holy Spirit barometer. What a dangerously subjective thing. Or there's the danger of an overemphasis of the power of my faith. If I can just conjure up more faith, then nothing will be impossible for me and my life will just keep getting better and better and better if I'll just believe that. And so the danger is I start to put my faith in my faith. Or I start to put my faith in the way that I feel. And as a preacher, perhaps if I just shout a bit louder or try and, you know, whip up people's emotions, then the Holy Spirit might turn up. No, no, no. What a dangerous place that is to be. And so there's the tradition of the word and the tradition of the spirit. And the truth is there is godliness in both traditions and there is the danger of error in both traditions. And so in our pursuit of God together, we're wise to embrace the best of both traditions and actively seek after a balance of word and spirit in our worship and in our personal lives, our personal walk of faith. So McKnight, in his uh, introduction to his book, he invites his readers to consider three words which form the heart of what the book's about. And uh, as we've just shared together in a preaching team, we just figure this is a good foundation as well, form the heart of what this series will be about. Three words, and so the first word is spirit. So over the next uh, X number of weeks, I think till the end of um, June, we'll be focusing on this topic. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about who he is and uh, what he does and the way that he wants to work in our hearts together. Uh, the second word, very importantly, is Bible. So we're going to look at what the Word of God says about the Holy Spirit, what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, what the New Testament letters say about the Holy Spirit, uh, even a little bit of Old Testament of what the Holy Spirit is, how the Holy Spirit is revealed in the Old Testament. Uh, and the third word is open. We're going to be encouraged to be open to the Holy Spirit, not only on a Sunday morning as we gather, but every moment of every day. And there's also a prayer that you'll find in the introduction to the book, which um, I'll put on the screen. And I'm going to invite you to consider praying this prayer at the end of my message, which is not quite yet. Uh, for now, I'd, I'll read it so that you can consider whether or not this is a prayer 
you want to bring to the Lord from your heart. This is the prayer. So don't, don't join me yet. I'm just going to read it to you. Lord, I'm open to the Holy Spirit. Come to me, dwell in me, speak to me, so I may become more like Christ. And Lord, give me the courage to be open. Lord, I am open to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Simple little prayer. Now, before we have opportunity to pray that prayer, I want to share a brief scripture with you. It's just from Romans chapter 8, and uh, read verses 14 to 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit, testifies, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So from these verses, there are just three simple questions. And again, again this is all in this context of an introduction to the series. Three simple questions that I want to invite you to personally consider as we embark on this journey of openness to the Holy Spirit together. And the first question is, am I led by the Spirit of God? From verse 14 there, am I led by the Spirit of God? Those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God, Paul says in Romans 8. In the day-to-day -day comings and goings of my life, in my family, in my work, in my study, in my recreation, the things that I do day by day, do I live with an awareness that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is with me and is dwelling within me? Do I have that awareness? In my decision-making, especially in the key decisions of life, of, of vocation, of uh, life's direction, of uh, financial spending, of time allocation, am I seeking to be led by the Spirit? Or if I'm honest, am I really just kind of led by my instincts uh, am I led by common sense? Am I led by the constraints of my budget or the limitations of my human abilities and resources? Am I led by the Spirit? Children of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. And so that becomes an important first question. Is, it, is, is that me? I mean, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a believer. Am I led by the Spirit of God? The second question, is my life characterized by faith or by fear. You haven't received a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Romans 8, that's the very nature of how fear works. It has the power to enslave you. And so people become trapped in their fears. They become crippled by fear. And as we're enslaved and trapped and crippled by our fears, we are robbed of the life of freedom that God has for us. The life of freedom that the, the Spirit of God within us wants to bring to us in our day-to-day -day experience. 
And so one of the many wonderful things that the Holy Spirit does in your life is to set you free from those fears that otherwise will hold you back, those fears that prevent you from moving forward. You have the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? You have the Holy Spirit in your life, dwelling within you, in your very being. Are you allowing him to do that work of releasing you from fear? That's an important question. Is my life characterized by fear or by faith? And then a third question, am I living in a relationship with God as my father? It's the Holy Spirit who brings about your adoption to sonship. And uh, the Greek word for that phrase, adoption to sonship there in Romans 8, refers to the full legal standing of an adopted male heir in Roman culture, ancient Roman culture. You have the same standing as Jesus himself, as a child of your heavenly father. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit brings about your full standing, your full entitlement as a child of God. It's just an extraordinary thing. You know, Jesus was and is the Son of God. We would declare that together. He is. He's the Son of God. You are given that exact same status in the family as Jesus. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's extraordinary truth. And by him, by the Spirit, we are enabled to cry, Abba, Father, to speak to God, to speak to the eternal God of all things as a small child would speak to his or her father. It's one of the most beautiful doctrines in the New Testament, this whole doctrine of adoption, adopted into God's family. It's either a nice-sounding theological concept or it's a daily reality for you. Am I living in a relationship with God as my Father? So maybe you answered a resounding yes to each of those questions and uh, as you sit here this morning, you I would say, yes, I am led by the Spirit moment by moment each day. Yes, I am living by faith and there is no fear in me, no fear in my life. And yes, I fully understand that God is my Father and I'm just living day by day, moment by moment in the blessing of that reality. And uh, if that's you, well, God bless you. That is just a, just a wonderful and fast, fantastic thing. I suspect that for many of us, the answer is not a s simple yes answer because we recognize that we're a work in progress. And so for many of us, and I include myself in this category, we would say we want those things to be true and uh, we, we believe them, absolutely. But we see that the Holy Spirit still has some work to do in our lives. That's me for sure. And if it's also you, then let me say, I think this is going to be a great series for us as we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit and allow him to perform some necessary spiritual surgery in our lives. So on that note, let's all stand. I want you to stand. And uh, here on the screen is that prayer I read earlier. And uh, so now I would want to invite you to read this prayer aloud with me and to not feel any obligation or any pressure, and certainly not to pray this prayer. If it's not a prayer from your heart, um, 
that's, I mean, that's, maybe it's not, you don't feel ready to do that, that's fine. Just stand there and just listen to other people pray. But if you do want to pray this prayer, uh, I, just, I sense it's an important prayer as we launch into this series together. So would you pray this with me? Lord, I am open to the Holy Spirit. Come to me, dwell in me, speak to me, so I may become more like Christ. Lord, give me the courage to be open. Lord, I am open to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.